Welcome to another episode of Decide to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys Will and Woody side to side, and we're here to break it on down from all sides, from the ring side, the court side, the sidelines, and for them sports they play outdoors, we outside, it's the side to side sportscast, baby, that's how we ride. And we're going to continue with the theme right now of talking about what's taking place in the sidelines because we're six weeks through the NFL season. And if you've been following us throughout the year, one thing that I always say is that it's too early to get too hype about certain things. When we're six weeks into the season, we are really starting to define who's who in the NFL. So, Woody, let's talk about some of the bona fide contenders and some of the fake pretenders who happen to be at the top of the standings right now in the NFL. Woody, who's your contenders? I mean, we've been seeing some great football all year, okay? We've seen the NFC West dominate the division at first. And then, you know, Russell now gets hurt. Um, you know, San Fran, I guess they, they were they were pretending a little bit. All right. Uh, you know, we, we had some slow starts. We it's 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 been crazy. And honestly, when I look at, at the top, especially when I look at the NFC, I see I see a lot of contenders there. I I actually see more contenders at the top there than when I look at the AFC and I see who's on top. I mean, we got the directionless, the head coachless Raiders still sitting at four and two. Um, that's that that's pretty misleading. I I would I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single out this team as the biggest pretender. I mean the char- the Chargers are for real. Don't let this last loss uh, this last loss fool you. The Chargers are for real, but the Raiders. I'm telling you right now, they are about to be that John Mayer song, free falling down those standings as the Chiefs. They will they will figure themselves out. The Chargers will continue to dominate, and all will be right in the AFC West again. I'm those they are pretending. They are pretending for real. Wow. So you got the the Las Vegas Raiders pretending and I agree with you. There are several contenders in the NFC. But if there's one team that I do want to single out as a contender, because after week one, they were the laughing stock. There was a lot of drama surrounding what happened when they got derailed in week one. And all they did was come back and win five straight. I'm not talking about my boys. I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers, right? Aaron Rodgers and company are comfortable right now and they are clicking on all cylinders this team that went to the nfc championship last year they're back right and you you cannot take them lightly all the offseason turmoil is clearly behind them they are playing some great football right now and i want to have to give the green bay packers um i want to have to list them as a contender and for a pretender I'm kind of with you on the Vegas Raiders. I do think they're pretending, but I don't think they're the biggest pretenders. You see, there's a team right now that I do have to single out. 
as one of the biggest pretenders right now. And, you know, when we talk about teams and playing in an easy division, that's one thing. But um, this particular team just had a great win. They beat a really good team. And it kind of makes me want to believe in them. But I also don't want to believe in them because outside of that game, right, this team is sitting at four and two right now, four and two. They won their opening game against the Seattle Seahawks in overtime. It was a close game. I mean, I'm sorry. They lost their opening game to the best team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals. Their next game, they they squeaked by the Seahawks in overtime on the road. That was, that was a good win. But then they beat the Colts, and the Colts aren't really a good football team, right? Then they lost to the Jets. Yes, they lost to the Jets. The only win the Jets have this season is against this team that's sitting at 4-2, and two, right? Then they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, Jacksonville lost 20 consecutive weeks, so that's not really saying much, right? They just real – you know, bad for the Dolphins, but that's another segment. But they just had this spirited win against the Buffalo Bills. But even though they won, they are not playing good football. You know, hey, a win is a win. I'll take it. But if next week they play the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And the Chiefs started off rough against the Washington football team, but they, they got it together. I just don't believe in this Tennessee Titans team. I think the Titans are going to be free falling. Um, They're probably going to win their division because they have absolutely no competition in the division. But Ryan Tannehill has not been impressive. Derrick Henry is amazing. Derrick Henry, you are the man. Like To be 250 pounds running 22 miles per hour up the middle is freaking crazy video game stuff. But they, the Titans can't rely on you throughout the entire season. Ryan Tannehill has to get it together. He has not looked like the guy who was playing well last year, right, and has been doing good ever since he's been in Tennessee, and they turned it over to him. This year, Ryan Tannehill is in a struggle, and I'm calling the Tennessee Titans my biggest pretender. Well, <clears throat> first of all, you you gotta take the attitude out of your voice when you say they. You could just say they lost to the Jets. You don't have to throw some exclamations and do all this, throw all this spice on it. They they, they just lost to the Jets. But I don't even want to come to their defense because I actually agree they are pretenders. I never picked them to win the division. The Colts are actually letting me down and making me look silly right now. But I don't. I really don't want to say it. But they have not been at full strength. They have been very, very injured. They have actually been one of the most injured teams in the league. I think last night was the first time that we even saw A.J. Brown and and Julio Jones suit up. Or I think it was the second time that we even saw them suit up. So Tannehill, I mean, he lost his boy, Arthur Smith, right, drawing up the plays right now. He, You know, he's, he's lost. And the two guys that were supposed to, you know, get open, get you know, be open, you know, nine times out of ten are not there. So now he has to throw to Westbrook Ikine, who I hope I didn't disrespect his name, but I know Terry Bradshaw did every single time he tried to say it. So that's where we're at. Like he he's trying to make you know stars 
you know, out of, out of dust. And that's never, ever been the guy that Ryan Tannehill is, you know. So injuries have definitely played a factor, but I do think they're pretenders. I, I definitely think they're pretenders. And I'm realizing right now that I didn't pick a contender. So let me just show some respect to someone that I have disrespected far too many times. I might still do it in the future, but as of right now, he is he is on a tear, and we're going to be talking about him later. I promise you that. His name is Lamar Jackson, and these Baltimore Ravens uh, might you. be, you know, one of the realest teams in the league. They're like, you're Thank not you. the realest team. They are, they are unbelievable. Um, they, they are, they are. They're just something special, and I was actually surprised. I had the Chargers, you know, so to, to see what they were able to, to pull off over there. Um, that, let me not say pull off. Like, what they just did, you know, the dismantling. Um, they are a great football team, and I feel like every team in the league should be afraid of that organization right now. Oh, man, you couldn't have said it any better than that. Put some respect on. I have to take full accountability because over the past couple of years, I've been very critical of number eight in Baltimore. And um, not that he's not talented because the man is talented. The, 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 he can finish top five in rushing every season, right? And the way that the plays he makes to extend the chains and even further put his team in scoring position. But I have always said, if you get up, by multiple scores on the Ravens. Lamar can't bring him back. He just he can't. But, man, he was in the pocket slinging it, right, just connecting dart after dart, and he has clearly developed as a passer. And now that that has happened and his team fully believes in him, it makes the Baltimore Ravens a significant threat to whoever is up against them on the schedule. We'll have to see how that plays off. But um, we kind of slept on Lamar. Let's talk about some teams right now that we shouldn't be sleeping on. They may be 500 or lower than 500, right? But what's a team right now that you could totally see turning things around, uh, regardless of where they are right now? Who should we not be sleeping on? Well... <sighs> This answer is kind of a cop-out answer because you've been sleeping on, everyone's been sleeping on them, right? The rest of, of side to side, everybody has been sleeping on this team, but I've been saying it literally oh, since the offseason. I already know. From the offseason, oh, what's a surprise team that can go to the Super Bowl? Okay. Oh, what's an 0-2 team that, you know, isn't really an 0-2 team? You guys picking perennial losers, the Jags that just continue to lose and lose until the Dolphins proved how horrible they were. The Lions, who haven't won a game. I'm picking a team that desperately, oh my gosh, they desperately need a kicker. <laughs> That's what they need. But if they get a kicker, they might win every game for the rest of the year. I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. It's skull time. I'm telling you right now, this team, on both sides of the ball are very, very good, very, very underappreciated. Every every game, those fans, oh, my gosh, they have the strongest hearts in the NFL because it's <laughs> heart attack every week. Every oh. week it's a heart attack. But if they had a kicker, then they would be able to relax. Oh, my. If they, they need to trade, trade a first-round pick for Justin Tucker. 
And I'm telling you right now, they're going to the Super Bowl. The the Vikings. What? I'm telling. Well, I'm saying the the kicking woes. Every game this year has been a one score game. They they just can't execute in the end. And kicking goes a long way. How many missed kicks did they already, like? If they if they had a better kicker, if they had Justin Tucker, they would literally be six and zero. They miss kicks every time. Man, look, there's a lot more going on with the Minnesota Vikings than miss kicks. Now, it is one of those things where I, I'm still asleep, by the way, and I'm not waking up anytime soon. So I just want you to know that, right? It is one of those things where you got to give them credit because they're in the games, right? Every game is close. I mean, starting with week one against the Cardinals, right? Um, then after that, I think they played the uh, they played the the Seahawks and they got it. They got a W and then they had a close game against the Browns, a close game against the, the Lions, you know, and then a close game against the Panthers. Right. The only real team that they played and won against so far. OK, because clearly the Panthers are pretending. Um you can go to sleep on the Panthers. They started off 3-0, and and I don't know who they are now, but maybe they were sipping their own Kool-Aid. So the Vikings close game against the Panthers. That should have been a blowout the way um, Sam Darnold was playing. Your man's was playing like trash, right? Well, first um, of all, first of all did, oh, you, oh, did you watch the game? No, you can't. Yeah, I watched the game. I what? watched the game. You did not watch the game. Robbie Anderson just broke the NFL record for most drops in a game. It was horrendous. He was getting no help from anybody. Rid of him anybody. He was he was definitely there was a time where he was like five for 15, right? And it wasn't because Robbie Anderson dropped 10 balls. Like Sam Darnold was he literally did drop 10 balls. He was not when he was five for 15. Oh you my know? gosh! That was now, he, dropped, he dropped seven. He he dropped listen, seven. Listen, and all of those balls aren't. Listen, Sam Darnold was playing pretty bad that game. He just he was he was not looking like he was earlier in the year, right? But let's let's go back a week, okay? Okay. okay. Let's go back a week. They you want to you want to blast their kicker, right? They be if it wasn't for Mr. Joseph himself, who is actually one of the better fantasy kickers this year. I know there's a difference in clutch kicking and fantasy kicking, right? I get it, but he's putting up points on a, on a consistent <laughs> basis. Um, and I know that because he's my kicker, right? <laughs> now, the Detroit Lions had that game, they had that game, but they didn't finish the game, right? They didn't finish the game. Um, the Vikings got away with one right there. When the Vikings played a real team like the Browns, they lost. Okay. When they played the Cardinals, they lost. Right. Um, they beat the Seahawks, who we don't know who to see. Well, now without Russell Wilson, we know who they are early in the season. That was actually a, I give you credit because you weren't sleeping on them. And when they beat the Seahawks, I was actually surprised. I'm like, okay. All right. We'll see what's going on here uh, with these guys. But, um, you know, now, now what? Now what are we doing? Okay. The Minnesota Vikings this week, this week, the Minnesota Vikings, I believe they're off. They have a bye week. And the Dallas Cowboys have a bye week. And then on Halloween, it is going to be scary for them purple people eater because they're going to play against the most elite offense in the NFL right now. Right. And we're going to see 
what happens, right? So I'm still sleeping on the Vikings because after they play the Cowboys, then they play the Ravens, then they play the Chargers, then they play the Packers. Right? See, we played this game before. Wow. And it's- we, we played this game against teams that we didn't know, right? Now, I said they could possibly beat the Lions. I did say I don't think they'll beat the Browns. I picked the Seahawks over them, but at the time, it didn't look like they were going to beat the Panthers. And if the Panthers win, if is a big word, but if the Panthers win that game and the C and the Vikings are now two and four, I don't think you'd be picking them as your don't sleep on them team. But you have every right to not sleep on them because they are three and three, right? Now, is it a foregone conclusion that the Cowboys were? I'm still nervous about the Cowboys. They're five and one. I, I feel good about them because they're fighting. They look good. You know, they're definitely impressive. But, like, come on. I know the Cowboys aren't going to finish the season 16-1. and one. Like, there's some weeks out here where they may lose a game that you expect them to win. It could be this week against the Vikings because the Vikings have been in every game, right? But I do feel really good about the Cowboys' chances. Now, if the Vikings do lose that game, again, here's that word if. If they do lose that game. <laughs> Then you got to go play against L. Jackson, Action Jackson, and the Ravens, who they've been tough, right? Then you got to go against Justin Herbert, who who knows where he's going to be and what mindset he's going to be. They're trying to win that division. That's going to be a tough game. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers is giving his farewell tour to the fans of other teams. And Aaron Rodgers told the Chicago Bears, I own you. I've always owned you. That's crazy. I don't know what he got ready for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> this is his last year in the NFC North, and he is clearly going out slinging. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know about the Vikings. Like I said, I'm still asleep. But I'll they, tell they, you what team. I, 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 I'll, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Before I tell you my don't sleep team. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, I, I got you. I got you. But I'm, I'm, I'm wide awake. That's why I just, I just have one final thing to say about this team. I'm telling you. The Vikings and like I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that, that they're they're the best team, but they've been in. I mean, you literally just game. said if they had a kicker, they'd go to the Super Bowl. But continue. They've been they've been playing really well, and they've been in every game. They have a tough tough season, but I'm telling you, they're not going. Like if they lose, it's not going to be by a lot. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna rattle off some teams here that they have a better plus minus. Okay, because this team is good. They have a better plus minus than the leaders of the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers themselves. Okay, they have a better plus minus than those pretending Tennessee Titans, a better plus minus than the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. This team is not trash. It's not bad. They're a really good team with a really tough schedule. And a really decent kicker. I guess he's he's a little bit better in fantasy than he is in the clutch. But they they are here. They are here. So you better you better wake up, play an alarm clock. I'll buy a rooster, put it put it in your house. But you know, it's time to wake up, boy. It's time to wake up. Wow. You know, I'm gonna have to get you a um a Dowling Cook jersey or something for Christmas, man. I might even we're gonna have to give you the Christmas gauntlet. Everybody, we're gonna have to put together a Woody's jersey list, right? Woody, 
needs a Minnesota, uh, I'm sorry, a Minnesota Vikings jersey, right? We're going to get him a Justin Jefferson jersey, right? You know, Woody's our family. We might even get him a Kirk Cousins jersey because it's a Cousins on the back. <laughs> and that's our family, right? We also got to get Woody a Miami Dolphins jersey because before the season began, my man was singing praises for Miami. He even said, we, right? The tape confirmed it. He called them we, right? So we're going to have to get Woody. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Mr. 305, you know, Miami Dolphins jersey as well. And they're looking pretty pathetic in the NFL. And um, a coma for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let's stay in that division right now. And let's talk about my team that you should not sleep on, right? Oh. And I'm going to tell you, this is it's definitely not the Jets, right? <laughs> so that, that only leaves two more teams, right? And I don't think anybody's sleeping on the Bills, even though they just lost. <laughs> Do not sleep on the New England Patriots, right? It is not a foregone conclusion that this team is going to miss the playoffs. They are two and four, but they are young. Name a superstar on the New England Patriots. You can't. Right, because they are a young team right now. I mean, Matt Judon, maybe on the defense as an edge rusher, he is pretty good. Like, I don't know if he's in a superstar level, but he's really good. But you, the New England Patriots aren't a team with household names like they've used to be. Like, they Tom Brady, Rob Gunkrowski, you know, Wes Welker, yeah, Julian Edelman. Like, they don't have any of those guys, right. Right now, they've got the young Mac Jones. And I'll tell you something. Mac Jones impressed me, right? He, I, he impressed me. Because, and Bill Belichick is still a really good coach. Let's talk about how they played my Dallas Cowboys this week, right? The Cowboys have been forcing turnovers left and right. Bill Belichick wasn't passing to the outside because that's where the Cowboys have been forcing turnovers. He attacked the Cowboys in their weakness. I know that the Cowboys' weakness is the middle of the field, right? And I knew. That's why I wasn't talking about the game. I knew because I'm like, man, look, we ain't beat Bill Belichick since, you know, he became the Patriots coach. The Cowboys haven't beat the Patriots since 1996. And all Cowboys fans, you heard me. I told you. Everybody's like, oh, we're, we're way better than them. We're going to beat them 28 to 17. I'm like, no, this game's going to be close, right? He's going to run the ball up the middle religiously until they get it working. And he's going to throw the ball in the middle of the field consistently. Right now, Matt Jones didn't have a ton of yards passing, but those plays they needed to change third down to first down came at the middle of the field. They kept the game close. Right. Bill Belichick is he's a Jesus. He's, he's a football savant. Like he is going to come with a game plan that is that is going to keep his team competitive. And when Trayvon Diggs, who is clearly the front runner for defensive player of the year right now, made that clutch interception, I was hype. I'm, 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 you couldn't tell me anything. But what does Matt Jones do in his most Tom Brady-esque impression? Comes off of the sidelines. They go right at Trayvon Diggs, who had all the momentum, Probably didn't see it coming because he just got a pick six and threw a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, right? One play, score, touchdown, down the field, accurate pass. I mean, look, there's no moral victories, but Bill Belichick is building off of that, right? The next opponent up 
for the New England Patriots, and I really feel bad. You need to calm down. You need to calm I down. I really feel bad. I really feel bad. Yeah. I'm not even going to say nothing bad, but look, I really feel bad, right? Because the Patriots are two and four, and they're about to get it together against the Jets, right? That A win is a win in the NFL, right? But then the next test that they have, now they lost to the Bucks. They could have beat them. They lost to the Cowboys. They could have beat them, right? The only game they really got embarrassed this year, they I mean, they lost to the Dolphins by one point. They could have beat them, right? The only team that really embarrassed them is the New Orleans Saints. That was just an, an off week. But if they're looking at their season so far, they're looking at, you know what, we really could be a 5-1 and one team. But they're not. I mean, you are what your record says you are, right? But they're going to try to come out, get it together against the Jets, change that record to three and four, and then the big game is going to be against the L.A. Chargers in L.A. I'm telling you right now, I would not be surprised if the Patriots beat the Chargers in L.A. I think the Chargers are a better team, but I think that is the game that Bill Belichick needs his team to define themselves, where they can possibly become a 500 team at that point. And then we'll see what happens. So all I'm saying is the Patriots are two and four right now, but do not sleep on the New England Patriots. Don't do it. And what happens when they're two and five? You said you're not. Oh, my. You. Oh, man. Look, 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 look. Listen, listen, just, listen, listen, let me tell you. If the Patriots lose to the Jets. Okay. If the Patriots are two and five and they lose to the Jets. I want my I want our producer, you know, the champion of hoodies himself, Mr. Stag, to come back to this episode and this whole entire rant of with me and the Patriots. I want you to put a clown nose on me, right? A clown nose, put it right on me, right? And we're gonna cut that short and we're gonna we're going to go viral. We're going to send it online. Yep, we'll make a Jets... segment and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if the Jets beat the Patriots this weekend, I, I might wear a clown sh- a clown nose to our next show live because it's not happening, right? It's not. It's, it's not. It is right. not happening. Yeah, I, but, you but, know what? I'm not, I, this is the don't sleep segment, and even though um, – we like tomb, we like deep six feet under the ground tombstone sleeping on the jets because it ain't no you are you, you are I'm not, I'm not. I mean you not because you a fan like no, you know no, stop that, stop that. fans fans the, don't give up until if you have to the, the Patriots lost to the man. Dolphins the Patriots lost to the Dolphins you acting like the uh, Patriots are some invincible team listen, they, listen. they bleed it's okay. a because I did I say they're invincible? They're two and four for a reason. You, I mean, right? you said that they pretty much five the, one. one thing about the NFL is it week by week, any given Sunday, you are literally putting the pieces of a puzzle together, unless you are a very tragically bad team like the Jets. What happens out there doesn't define you, but the Jets, the Jags, and the Dolphins, I mean, right now. They're pretty defined. Like, you know, the Patriots lost to the to the Dolphins week one. You got a rookie quarterback, right? You're trying to figure your – you got a whole new team, essentially, right? You're trying to figure this out, and they lost to a team that's not good. 
right? But the Patriots, they, they've shown that they can hang with some of the contenders in this league. They just haven't been able to pull out a victory. Um, like I said, there's no moral victories, but that is a trait worth noting um, as we progress into the NFL season. That's why I say don't sleep on them. They're definitely not invincible, but I don't know. I just don't see the Jets beating them. I don't, I'm not sleeping on Robert Sala as a coach, right? Because, you know, he can rally his team to get a spirited win, but I don't see Bill Belichick losing to Zach, <laughs> the Zach attack. I just don't, I don't see. He just lost. You say he just lost to like that. You say he just lost to Dak. He's not about to lose to Zach. Okay. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. And it's the boys in the division, the Jets. They're going to have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> and it's happening. This, they're going to have to pay for that L that they just took that they thought they had. And it's the Jets. Right. Now, Bill Belichick had the luxury of coaching the greatest quarterback of all time, right? And this person is always in this conversation because that's who he is. But he still is. who right now are some early MVP candidates for the season? I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this one off, Woody. I, if I was a guessing man, right, I think I know who you're going to start with, right? You know what? You know, let me, let me, let me, um, let me type it. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not savvy enough to do it. I was going to type it on my phone. Then after you say it, I was going to hold it up, right? Because I think I know who you're going to say. But let's go Wait, ahead. You can say. still do that, right? Can you still do yeah, that? You know, I mean, maybe I can. Maybe I can. You know, yeah. let me, let me, well, write it down on a piece of paper. You know what? Let me do that. Let me do that. Let me grab me a piece of paper. Good thing we here in the office, right? <laughs> side to maybe side. Maybe I'll be right. Oh man, and I'm actually using this team's colors. All right. Okay. All right. You go well, ahead, man. You go ahead. Um, the way I see it, I actually wrote down five names. I think there are really only five answers to this question. Um, if the Titans finish with a really good record, then there will be a sixth. But um, you know, I I, I think there are five answers, and when I look at them, I know who will get. Uh, you know, I no, kind of no, just no, want to no. do like a filibuster so that you know Will Gaddy just doesn't get a chance to go. But no, we'll no, we'll no. we'll get to hear him go. Um, my pick right now is Lamar Jackson. Actually, that oh, is who oh, it is. Oh. you they, surprised me. Okay, who did? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see the name. We'll we'll, okay. we'll probably talk about that. He, name. Might, he might be number two, right? Um, okay. Uh, I think there's I, a name that I thought you were going to pick as your he number is number one. two. He is number two. Ooh, and I was dead. Okay. I was definitely all about right. to break. Okay. Yes. I mean, first of all, with, with Kyler, real quick. I mean, they're six and oh, obviously, someone has to get the credit. Um, I actually would say Cliff Kingsbury is a better lock for coach of the year than Kyler would be for MVP. Well, let's just point out the fact that the Cardinals went to Cleveland and bust them without their coach who couldn't be with them that weekend. Mm. And that's not taking anything away from Cliff Kingsbury, but that is actually, to your point, really speaking to the culture he's established there right now, mm. right? To where, you know, he's got his assistants on the same level to where if he can't be on that sideline that week, right, that team can still go function. Um, and, you know, they were playing defense. Um 
they were really all locked in. I mean, it's the the way the Cardinals are playing right now, um, that's that's a team that I wish that we could see the Cardinals versus the Ravens, like right now. Like if I could just pick a game right now, I want to see them play each other. Right. But anyway, continue with your um with your well, yeah, I mean I would agree. Jackson, we got Kyler Murray. Who we who else we got? Oh, you want me to name all five? Why not? Because you got five people. I so all right, so in order, yes, Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson, he has been electric after um that Monday night game. He literally had more total yards than 18, 18 NFL franchises. More than half the teams in the league didn't even have as much yards, as many yards as Lamar Jackson. Like that is just mind-blowing. The man has been he's been other word, otherworldly. Like he's been what Madden has thought he's been for the last three years. Like it's been crazy. Uh, Kyler, for all the reasons that we just said, number three, I mean, it would be something special if this 44 year old man could just take home this, this award for yet another time. He's already had it. Um, You know, people keep doubting him. They've been doubting him for the last 10 years. And he's just still – and honestly, something that I've noticed this year watching him, I feel like he's scrambling like a little bit more. Like I'm seeing this man run. Maybe because he's so old, like it means something more. Like it's just like, oh, oh. Like, you know, every single time, you know, he he falls. I'm like, oh, this, you know, but uh, avocado ice cream, everything, I don't know. He's just he, – he is ageless. He's ageless. Number four, we don't have to talk about number four. So let's talk about number five. Number five. Is oh, no, 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 no. We got to bring it back because I want to hear who is number four. I mean, because I know what jersey he number he probably wear, but I want to hear you talk about <laughs> who is number four. I want to hear you talk about it. Go ahead. Who's number four? <laughs> number four. That guy. I mean, let, let's let's talk, let's talk about it. I mean, he's playing with probably the best receiver oh duo God. in the league. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the you know the, the route running prowess. Well, I I remember when his organization was up two mm. years ago on the clock, and I was looking at their needs. I didn't think they had a need, but grabbing C D Lamb was one of the best things that ever happened to that middling QB, Dak Prescott, because now, now he has us all thinking that he is on the same level as the four immensely talented people that we're talking about right now. His team is 5-1. and one. They have one of the most electric offenses, courtesy of Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Zeke Elliott broke his back. Then his back was healed. He's like Mike Tyson all over again. That team. Hey. Don't even, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Stefan Diggs is now somebody's older brother. All right. We can't be calling this man Stefan's brother. No, no. Stefan is Trayvon's big brother. This man, you want to talk about front runner or defensive player of the year. They, they have been doing work. All right, I don't think we we knew how quick and how well. I mean, Will Gaddy probably knew, but I don't think collectively as a nation we knew that we were going to see what we're seeing out of this Cowboys defense this year. Um, and you know they have a quarterback who's you know finding their wide open guys. So kudos to number four wow. on that. And then we got number five, yeah. the reigning MVP, 
who's back at it again. Like you said before, Will Gaddy, uh, you know, they are contending. They've won five straight, um, you know, a prettier five straight than that other team. And I'm telling you right now, all right, I didn't mean that. I don't. I didn't mean that. Let's walk that back. Let's walk that back. Let's walk it back. Let's, Let's go back. ahead and talk about the man himself. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers has been bowling. Um, he owns the Chicago Bears fan. He owns. He owns the entire NFC North. He is dominating, and he'll probably own another NFC Championship loss this year. They are doing amazing. He is the MVP. The discount double check. He might actually win it again this year if they keep this up. Man, it would be so awesome if that NFC losses to them boys, right? So let's just, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. Let's just say that, right? But I wholeheartedly agree with your top five and the order that you had the players in, right? Really? So I won't say that. That is the exact order I have my five candidates for MVP. And I'll even say that I really wanted to put Derrick Henry at number five because what he is doing from, you know, notice the position that is on his top five. You have to have a quarterback playing some elite football for your team to have a chance. The Titans don't have that. You know, the Titans don't even have an elite defense. They just have a freaking horse. <laughs> By the name of Derrick Henry, right? Just destroying defenses. Like, it's ridiculous. Everybody knows he's going to get the ball. And sometimes it doesn't even look like he's trying to run. And then all of a sudden, he's out, you know? He's the big train that's... I really wanted to put Derrick Henry at number five. I just... The Titans... I just can't do it, man. I don't, I don't, I'm asleep. I don't, I don't, they pretending to me. I don't believe in them, but um, we can revisit this conversation. But I got Lamar Jackson as the MVP right now. And uh, I'm surprised that you didn't have Josh Allen on your list, right? You know, I thought, I thought you were going to keep Dak off your top five and put Josh Allen on your list. So I'll give you some, some kudos for that, right? But <laughs> You did disrespect my man's a little bit, and we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about Action Jackson. That win against the Colts on Monday Night Football last mm -hmm. week, I mean, you, I've never completed 86% of his 43 passes, had 442 yards passing, right, had 62 yards rushing, and brought the team back down from 22 to 3. In the, like, and he was making passes from the pocket, you know. Man, this guy has taken his game to another level. And Lamar Jackson is phenomenal, right? Right now, he is the league MVP. If he keeps it up, he's going to be a two-time MVP, right? Great. Kyler Murray is playing at the top of his game right now. He is, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, they're running, the, they're running an efficient – offense anybody can give it to you we all you know um hopkins is probably regarded as the best receiver in the league or arguably one of the top two or three receivers in the league right but kyler can get it to anybody you know they just acquired zach Ertz. he's going to be feeding zach Ertz. he was bringing max williams i remember max williams got drafted by the baltimore ravens and he was supposed to be a good tight end i was like man 
this guy's going to be good. He's probably going to be like when they used to have Todd Heap. Max Williams was just trash. He just wasn't good. He just wasn't a factor. I'm not going to call him trash. Trash is a bad word sometimes. And this is one of those times where it's a bad word, right? Max just wasn't a factor. Max gets in Arizona and that offense gets clicking and Kyler is connecting with him, man, making Max Williams a name, right? Not a name again, but making him a name. But that just goes to show you how Kyler's not even running the football. He's saving his body because what happened last year was he was worn out and the boy couldn't take no more hits and it affected his ability to complete passes, right? He is sharp, man. This dude is accurate. He could easily, um, he's easily like if Lamar's one, I say he's more of a one A, right? Or one A and one B. Like it's really hard, right? Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady is playing some elite. He might be playing some of the best football of his career. And he's 144 years old, you know, <laughs> like Tom Brady. And he he just sounds so cool and so smooth, right? You know, like after every game, it's like this dude may never retire. I might retire from my job before he stops playing in the NFL, right? That's Tom Brady. So I give him number three. And the reason why I put him number three over number four is because he beat number four this year, right? The only loss that number four Dak Prescott has is on that opening night to Tom Brady in the books, right? Tampa Bay. Now, I just want to address some things that you said. You talked about everybody except for Dak. And you know what, man? Listen, last year, Dak wasn't on the Cowboys. But guess who was? CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke. They was all there, right? And what did the Cowboys offense do? Nothing. Because they didn't have their leader. Their boy, the man who makes the offense, the man who comes up to the line of scrimmage, sees what the defense is doing and makes sure the offense is in the right play, which is an underrated aspect of playing quarterback that not everybody can do. Kellen Moore is a phenomenal offensive coordinator. But listen, even the best offensive coordinators can send the quarterback into the line and the defense comes out with something different, but part of what they practice all week is knowing what to change the play to. Dak and Kellen Moore are always on the same page with that, and Dak gets the ball where it needs to be. You know, if you look at all the passing stats, he's in the top five on almost every category this year, right? And it's not just because they have elite route running. Amari Cooper has not been playing the best football right now because he's has he's got a rib injury he's been playing through it but amari is not healthy right cd is cd but dalton schultz and we want to talk about max williams becoming a name Dak is making dalton schultz a relevant tight end in the nfl right so Dak prescott is playing some amazing football and i'll have to say aaron Rodgers, he getting cocky now but he's always been cocky but after that week one loss, man, he got them Packers rolling. They're, they won five straight. And obviously, they're not doing it without him. Um, you know, statistically, he is not blowing the top off of the NFL like he has in some previous years. But he's effective. He's efficient. And he is, I would say, he has to be in the MVP conversation if we're taking an early snapshot on what has happened. If the Bills would have beat the the Titans in a big game for Josh Allen and Josh Allen would have been my number five. Right. So arguably he's number six. Um, I, I do like Derrick Henry, but you know, arguably 
Derrick Henry would have to be my number seven. But you know, I was going to say that about Josh as well. You know, the loss, Josh Allen from from a Madden standpoint might be like the bat. Like you know, he has the arm, fast, strong. Like he, you know, he can do it all. He's out here hurdling guys. You know, he could he can really do it all. Um, but you know, there are some, you know, different qualities there. Like you said, you know, like, you know, play diagnosis, you know, Josh is, is kind of more, you know, oh, okay. When the play breaks down, I'm still good than, you know, you know, using his physical traits as opposed to the mental traits that like a Tom Brady would use, you know? So I, I still think there there's room for growth there, but I mean, Josh Allen, physically is, is, is as good as they come if he had won we would definitely be talking about him and i'd be you know hyping that boy up even though he's in the afc east i would i would be giving him his, his respect and derrick henry don't matter what division he play in he deserve everybody respect King henry, you, know, you, uh, got, you gotta so respect mad. him i'm so mad i literally had second that that is the war you know i've had some bad takes i you know usually i have great takes I was I was way wrong about about the Miami Dolphins. I was way wrong about the Dolphins, but I, the most wrong I've been regarding this season was choosing Alvin Kamara over Derrick Henry in when Ooh. I had the third overall pick. Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to hide behind the curtain. I was a fan of that move. I really was. I was a fan. I did not foresee this Alvin Kamara without Drew Brees um, thing not happening. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. Sometimes I wonder if they just waiting to get Aaron Rodgers, right? I, I don't know. I mean, they three and two, but Kamara's fantasy value has not been what uh, we expected it to be. Now, um, I don't think Alvin Kamara is somebody that you would sit in fantasy football. Um, you have to start him each week, but let's talk about, this week, who we're starting and who we're sitting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been um, it's been a tough year all around, right, with uh, different guys and different players. Uh, I'm gonna go with another uh, classic classic sit here. Um, and it's actually the exact same person that I said to sit before, I just want to reiterate to sit again. Uh, you, you actually got, hopefully we're not getting a, a three-peat. With no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not. He, if you heard me by now, he should be on your bench parked until something is different. I'm not going to say it again, but go, I want to hear who you sit. I want to hear who you sit. Well, honestly, Tyler Lockett. The most explosive start maybe in the history of NFL fantasy. Uh, like, literally, in a full-point PPR, I think he had, like, 38 and, like, 40. Like, he – explosive, explosive start. And then, But, I, I, like, you know, he comes back down to earth. Like that. It's always what it's been. But with Geno Smith at quarterback, uh, I mean, the Steelers have a good defense. So, maybe this would be the, the, the week to know for sure with the Saints. But the Saints – they're hit or miss. Like sometimes, like they, like they, you know, disrespected Aaron Rodgers earlier this year. Like you know, like we don't, we don't really know um, how they're going to come out and play. But I don't think that my fantasy team is like where I'm going to experiment. Uh, I have a bonus sit for you. 
and someone who was drafted way too high in Antonio Gibson. I mean, oh, they're yes, they're they're not using him um, the way that he should be. <laughs> to, to be honest, you know. And now we got J- JD McKissick. You know that we were we were told, or you know, I was reading reports nonstop. Oh, you know, McKissick, he's not going to vulture. He's not going to vulture. He's not going to vulture. Last year, I didn't even have Gibson. I had McKissick, and I won the 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 championship because McKissick was getting so much work in the passing game. And now, slowly but surely, we're now. You know, this is week seven, right? That that tonight starts as week seven, and McKissick is pretty much he's. Week by week, slowly in, into getting into that same groove that he was in last year, and Gibson is back to being, you know, hopefully breaking one off, you know, luckily like he did against. I think that was the Giants, but I would. I'm sitting Antonio Gibson, and I'm definitely. Oh my God, Tyler Lock, trade, tra- literally trade Tyler Lockett if you can. Wow, those are um, those are very good takes. Very very good takes. Right now. I'll tell you a player that is um that I'm that that should be sitting, right? It's another running back, right? He had you, he had you for a little bit. Like he he's been okay. He hasn't been too bad, but you kind of feel like he is the he's one of the only guys that they have to hand the ball off to. You know, like none of them are the guy, but before the season, um, I would I do want to say Antonio Gibson was my sit pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to somebody else who plays the same position, right? And his name is Miles freaking Gaskin. Oh, I was about to say, you said you weren't going to do it. Oh, you know I was going to do Miles Sanders again? No, no. We, we stick it with the same first name, right? It's something about that name, Miles, man. Your name is Miles, and you can't travel anywhere when a football is handed to you. Like, what is going on with these people, man? But Miles Gaskin. Right now, right, you know, he had a game where he had 10 receptions on 10 targets, right? And he had a touchdown and he had a 74 yard. And this was just a week before last where he did that against Tampa Bay, right? Usually Tampa Bay don't give up any production to any running backs. But, you know, you got to feel good. Okay, Miles, we got Jacksonville coming up now. So I'm sure people were starting him because maybe he was on a bench because he had a dud the week before that, right? People were starting him. What does he do? Well, he comes out against Jacksonville and is – was he even on the field? Like, I am tempted to look up his snap count, right? Because when I look at his fantasy football box scores, I'm like, he couldn't have been on the field that much. They had to have been playing somebody else. But, no, I know Miles Gaskin was out there not doing nothing, right? Nothing. Tua came back. You know, you know what? I think maybe because they was in London, this brother was asleep. Right. You know, that's a lot of miles to be traveling. They took all the miles out of his name and Gaskin blew a gasket and he was just trash. Right. Miles Gaskin sit his butt down, sit him down. Do not start him. OK, they're playing against the Atlanta Falcons and that is the biggest trap. OK, the Falcons, we know they can't play defense. So you fantasy football users out there may be thinking, mm, maybe I'll start miles this week. Don't do it. OK. Leave him on the bench and with Miles Sanders until he gives you a reason to do something else, right? If he goes off on your bench, so what, right? Then you're going to start him next week and he's going to disappoint you again, 
right? Let him get a couple consistent weeks up of at least double digit points in your league before you start him. Now, who should we start, right? There is a player right now, right? And you know what? Do you have another player to talk about? Uh, for a start, I I mean I can give you a start, but you can you can go first. You can go first. Yeah, well, okay. You go first. I Gibson, so you can you can go. Yeah, hit, hit me hit me All with right. somebody. All right, I'm gonna hit you with somebody, right? I was actually gonna use this to transition into our next segment, but I'm gonna drop his name on you right now, and then mm-hmm. after you go, we'll go into the next segment. But if there's one player that you could probably feel good about starting. Is Donovan Peoples Jones right? Mm-hmm. Is listen the second the the receiving quarter for the Browns a little banged up, but I think they found themselves a playmaker over the last couple of weeks. You know he's been a reliable target. He's been a big play threat, and this week you're coming up against the Denver Broncos, who we're going to talk about them, right? But you know they're they're kind of they're kind of inconsistent. Like they on paper, they have a good defense. Um, by the first few weeks, their defense was playing great, but now you just gotta wonder: is it because of who they were playing against? Was it playing great? The Cleveland Browns are a three and three football team looking to keep themselves above five hundred, and they're definitely not gonna go away easily. Um, if you're looking for a flex player or a bye week replacement, I would comfortably take Donovan Peoples Jones off of the waiver wire. And put him in your starting lineup this week. Wow. Well, I, I won't take too much time because I know we're trying to talk about tonight. My uh, stardom, it's actually pretty funny, is uh, Ricky Seals Jones. So we keeping up with the Joneses today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, these three named Joneses. Yes. I I um, was foolish enough to start Taylor Heineke. In fantasy last week, I mean uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense have been struggling. Chris Jones was out. I was like, you know, maybe you know Heineke will give me some Heinekens. Um, and he only got one Heineken. Um, if we're, if we're, you know, it was one touchdown to to two actually. Ricky Seals Jones, and it's that same vibe, you know, with with uh, Logan Thomas. I mean, he does. He's not nearly, uh, or he's not necessarily as as long. But I mean, he he gets open. He gets targeted. Down the middle, that's where Taylor Heineke is looking. Uh, with Thomas out still, I mean he's on IR, so you're you know you're good to go there. I would feel pretty confident um, because the Packers are going to put up points, so you know Heineke is throwing. I don't think this is going to be some sort of defensive, uh, you know, showdown. I would definitely get Ricky Seals Jones out there to uh, to fight that fire with fire. But uh, tonight, um. Tonight might actually end up being a defensive showdown. Both QBs are hurt, um, but playing through injury uh, with Teddy and his foot, Baker and his torn labrum. I mean, you know, we, we're, we're talking about injured QBs, uh, injured teams, really. The Broncos might be a little bit healthier, uh, but they're but they're less talented. Honestly, I actually would not be surprised if this if this game went either way, which is kind of crazy because we had such high hopes from the Browns. Um, I was that was my pick to dethrone the the Chiefs this year, and uh, first of all, the Chiefs not even on the on the throne to get dethroned, you know, uh, right now. 
and uh, the Browns have just been battling injury and, and, you know, losing close games or, you know, uh, like that, that loss to the chiefs was, was, was a crazy game. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Teddy's also a great game manager, you know, if, uh, or let me, you know, a good game manager, if, you know, if his foot's not bothering him too, too much, I literally would not be surprised to see, uh, to see them, uh, go over. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, one of my, you know, not obviously outside of my favorite team, my favorite running back in the league is that boy, Nick Chubb, man. That, that boy, you got skills. I am guilty of saying he's more talented than Derrick Henry. I fully retract that statement, but he is still a beast, right? And um, he's out. He's out for the second week in a row. Kareem Hunt is out, right, you know? And there's a lot of questionable players um, that the Browns actually rely on. Baker Mayfield, you know, his left shoulder. But you know what? Baker is going to play. Baker, he's a look, he's a gritty, tough guy. If there's a guy who can come out on a Thursday night game and play through an injury to try to add to his narrative, right? It's a contract. You know, he's looking for that next contract. Um, I expect Baker to be out there and I expect them to play decent, right? I'm not going to say elite, but decent enough uh, to use what they have. Um, David and Joku was finally um, coming out, and now he's injured. He's not going to be playing uh, this week. So, um, you know, it's really not looking too good uh, for Denver. I mean, for the Cleveland Browns. But then – the good thing that's going for the Cleveland Browns is you are playing against the biggest pretender in the league right now, right? At least Cleveland, you beat some good teams. Ever since Denver, the good teams came on the schedule, they've been proven to be a pretty bad team. Like if there was a time I said last week, if you cannot beat this wounded Las Vegas Raiders team and kick them while they're down, you are just a flat out pretender, right? I fully expect the Denver Broncos to lose their fourth straight game tonight, right? And um, in this game, the Denver Broncos, right? You know, you've got a few questionable players. Uh, Jerry Jerry Judy, will be, he'll be back soon, but he's not back right now. And um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, his foot is hurting. And listen, I've... Vic Fangio, I know he want to keep Teddy out there because when they had to put Drew Locke back out there, <laughs> woo, woo, I still smell that stink. That, that, that dude is just not a good fit for your football team. I don't know. Maybe he'll be better somewhere else, but I'd rather take a one-foot Teddy Bridgewater than two feet, two arms, ten fingers of Drew Locke playing quarterback out there, right? Uh, it's just not a good look. So they're in Cleveland. Cleveland is coming off of they basically the only way to describe how they fared against the Arizona Cardinals is they were dissected, right? Like seventh grade biology on a frog. They were picked apart every single way you can imagine. And this team has been a gritty team. They've been a fighting team. And I do think, I agree with you. I think it'll be a defensive game, right? Um, kind of like 
earlier in the year when the Browns played the Vikings and the final score was 14 to seven. Um, it's going to be a lot of handoffs. They're going to hand it to, to the boy uh, Dearness Johnson. They're going to hand him the football uh, this week. And they're going to try to establish that run against the Broncos. The Broncos are pretty solid against the run, you know. Um, but home game, home field, coming off a loss, I'm going with the Browns. Who are you got winning the game? I'm going to go 17-13 Broncos. Oh, 17-13 Broncos. Okay. Okay, 17-13 Broncos. Hopefully uh, Noah Fant hits me with a tight uh, with a tight end, with a touchdown because uh, I got him in two leagues, so I need him. Noah's, Noah's questionable too, man. I mean, I don't know what's going on out there. He got a foot injury, man. If you could replace him in your starting lineup, man, when, when, when these tight ends got them foot injuries, man, I don't know. I'm just saying. That's true. Um, he's but, already my, he's my replacement for Logan Thomas. <laughs> man, hopefully you were able to take up your advice and get your boy Ricky Seals Jones. But um, you know what? This game is going to be ugly, right? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what's just happening overall in the NFL, in the NFL throughout six weeks. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? What's good in the NFL right now? You know, I'll start off with something that's really good, man. This is this is a this is a feel good for me, right? Last year, a player that we talked about, man, his season came to an end. <laughs> and yes, this is going good. <laughs> his season came to an end, man. He was carted off the field in tears. He was carted off in tears. Everybody thought that his replacement would be able to utilize the weapons the same way he could utilize the weapons, right? They just assumed that, you know what? You ain't even that good, man. This guy is going to come in and do the same thing you do. That clearly didn't happen. It just didn't happen, right? O-line broke. You know, look, the O-line wasn't that good, but they also weren't that bad. Just you didn't have consistent quarterback play. Now the defense was trash. Ain't no excuse for that. But that was last year. This year, you get yourself together. You come back, man. You are a spokesperson for you know men with mental health. Like you encourage them to speak out on it. You don't gotta struggle alone, man. People around the league, you know, come to you because you are a leader of men, not just in the Dallas Cowboys locker room, but in life, man. Then you go out there and you lead your team to five straight victories after an opening loss, right? And you look good right now doing it. Um, You strained your calf. You know, one thing about Dak Prescott, I don't know if y'all know this, but Dak has never thrown an incomplete pass in an overtime. He is 18 for 18 with 148 QBR, and he's thrown three touchdowns. Right. I mean, the boy just shows up big when the team needs him at the end of the game. He is a clutch player. Right. And what's going good in the NFL right now is the Dallas Cowboys are five in one America's team. The team that many people love and many people hate are five in one heading into their bye week. And things look good right now. That is good for the NFL. 
that is really good for the NFL because obviously there's one team that increases viewership more than any team in the NFL, and it is them boys. And them boys are playing good right now. So that's something that's pretty much going good in the NFL. What's good in your hood? Well, I, I would say what's bad is how long that took. Oh my gosh, oh. that uh, that that love letter there to Dak probably should have written it down and sent it to him. Uh, but I sent him a tape. I sent him a tape. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, so Stag, please um, help us out there. Send send Dak the tape, man. You my superhero, buddy. Um, so I actually, I messed up because I did my good, bad, the ugly, like across the sports. Um, but, but if we, if we, if we do do your thing, what is good, bad and ugly? Like period. Um, well, something good about the NFL. I wanted, I'll give a special shout out to, to Joe Burrow, who also had a season ended and he's come back this year and those Bengals. Uh, look really good. Um, you know, they're actually like, you know, uh, playing, playing great, playing competitive football. And Joe Burrow is looking every bit as as advertised. He, he kind of gets overshadowed with Herbert, who's in a better you know organization right now. But Joe Burrow has been great. So uh, kudos to him. Kudos. Kind of, you know, on a, on a lesser tier. What, what's good for me, though, I was really excited. My favorite player uh, in the NBA, just to bring a court out real quick, has actually not played in an NBA game uh, in two years. I I don't like watching the league when he's not in it, but he will return. He will return, and uh, I'm so excited to see him unleashed. I hope that he is still 80% of the man that he was. I feel like if this was 1998, um, it would be a low probability, <laughs> you know, that 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 he is. Uh, but now with modern medicine and everything, hopefully, you know, I mean, we see, we saw KD do it, but, you know, not – I mean, I, I don't know anyone who suffered two devastating injuries back-to-back like this. But Clay Thompson, you know, we, we hope he will be on the court, and I think that's a really good thing for the NBA. Absolutely, that's a good thing, man. And I'm glad you brought up Clay because, I mean, if you take a look at me right now, if I was just a little bit more light-skinned and my hair was a little bit more straight and a little bit more curly, I might look like your boy Clay Thompson out there, right? But let's talk about something bad that's happening in the NBA, you know, and let's keep it with the light-skinned brothers right now, man. We got to talk about Ben Simmons, who today refused to enter a drill that Doc Rivers called him to. So Doc dismissed him from practice and suspended him. Now, this might be something that could be borderline ugly, but we already know it's ugly. But here's what's bad about it. This is a bad thing for Ben Simmons' representation, Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports has a reputation for trying to assume power, that they are creating this player's league that the front offices don't have control over, and they are now losing this battle. I mean, when they got Anthony Davis out of New Orleans and he got to sit the rest of the year and they kind of forced that trade to L.A., you know, um, it looked like, man, they do have some power here. But the way this Ben Simmons situation is unfolding, the league is all in. Ben's not getting traded. 
Ben now is Adam Silver just said that if he doesn't, if he is in breach of his contract, he can get suspended from the NBA. You talking, you got four years, 170 million left on your contract, and you're refusing to go into a defensive drill? Ben, it's not a good look, man. It's a bad look. And um, if you really want to get out of Philadelphia, you need to show up, man, and just be a professional about it, like James Harden was um, in Houston. He was a professional about it. They traded him the first chance they could. Everybody knew that there's some stink in the locker room and you want to get rid of that cancer. But, like, you was doing more than just stink. You Nobody wants to be around you, and the only one suffering is you. So that's what's really bad in sports right now is clutch sports trying to um, take these power moves and bully people out of their contracts to the destinations that they want to be traded to. The NBA not having it. And it's, it's, it's a bad look right now for clutch uh, management. Well, my dad was about all the injuries to key players in the NFL. You know, Russ, we, right, we, we lost Russ for an extended period of time. You know, we lost Fitz. Fits early. There were high hopes on the Washington football team. Tyrod, who's playing great. You know, we lost Tyrod. Like so many people, you know, we lost for extended periods of time. But how can we talk about Ben Simmons and not say that that's ugly? I'm, I, I'm that it like that story is literally the ugliest thing in all our pro sports. He should be absolutely ashamed of himself when he looks in the mirror. What, like, he what probably, does he see? He probably sees somebody that is ready to go play Call of Duty. <laughs> it's he just probably. like this. This is a job, and I, you know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, stand, you know, or sit on a high horse, or you know, preach or do anything like that, but. This is a job. This is a responsibility. And like what you just said, you know, the players, I, I think the, the whole player, the, the player control has been out of control for a while, right? You know, the leverage that they have and, you know, what they do. And the NFL is actually even now leaning toward that, you know, a little bit, not as, not nearly as bad, but it's, it's heading in that direction. I mean, but enough is enough. Ben Simmons where is he even coming from? I still don't even understand the animosity. I mean, if there is one person that we could bring on this show, it actually would probably be Allen Iverson. But if there were, like, if we had a top 46 list, I'm sure I would be able to find a spot for Ben Simmons because I do want to know, like, what is the problem? Doc had your back and bead who we know is not afraid to say any single thing on his mind had your back. He was protecting you. And for some reason you threw away the protection, want to go elsewhere. You tore and you're not even bright. You torpedoed your own trade value. If you want to be traded that this is not how to do it. You torpedoed your own value. Now you're getting fined. So you come back. You can't even face him. You're just, you got your phone in your pocket in practice trying to be like, it, it's worse 
than like you know the beginning of the of Coach Carter with those kids. Like it, it's like this is just it's it's horrible. And you know these guys. I remember when I was a kid. I don't even want to age myself, but those people that I were watching, like they were heroes. They were heroes to me. That's why it was a big deal. You know, Allen Iverson not going to practice, right? Because kids, like you wanted to tell your kid, like kids are like, well, now I don't want to practice. You know, like that, that is a thing. And Ben Simmons, I'm not saying he wants to be a role model or has to be a role model, but it's ugly. If I'm Adam Silver, you know, you you can't let this fly. You can't let this fly. Kudos to Doc for sending him home. Okay. It, it, it is, this is one of the ugliest things I have ever seen in sports. It is despicable and I don't even know I don't even know what to do the, ban him from the league I don't I don't know what to do but it's ugly it's ugly and this is why I will never ever trust a process ever again those the Philly fans must be sick right now they Man, trust they, they, still, were, they still trust in the process because the process is number 21. Well, I, I thought the process was a whole thing. Well, he literally trademarked his nickname to the process. <laughs> so fair enough. Uh, they, they still trusting it because it began with sitting him. But you know what? That is probably the ugliest thing happening right now. And I would have to say that situation is uglier than my ugly pick, right? My ugly pick should have been my bad pick, but we're going to keep it in the same city, right? And Something ugly that's happening is to the Philadelphia Eagles right now, right? And listen, is it Jalen Hurts? Is it Nick Sirianni? Is it both? Absolutely, it's both. But it's more so Nick Sirianni. But it starts with their GM, right? The man they belovedly call in Philly just by one name, Howie. Howie has played you guys right now how he is known for coming through with clutch trades um some big acquisitions he keeps the team competitive man you know i give howie credit for how he turned that team into a super bowl team he got the you know he got rid of chip kelly he's seen that man this is not doing what i thought it would do i gave chip all the power i'm taking the power back and then soon after brought the first championship to philadelphia in eagles history Right. Yeah, you have to credit Howie for that. But since then, he's been going the wrong way. Right. You get Doug Peterson. Um, you know, you want to get rid of him for whatever reason. You guys didn't clash. Then you wanted to bring in some yes men. So plenty of head coaching, head coaches out there. You know, you could have hired Eric Bieniemy, Right. But, hey, he doesn't seem to get any job he applies for. So I'm not even mad at that. But you had someone in house who was really the player's favorite for the job by the name of Deuce Staley, who you could have promoted to the head coach. He still had a grip on the team culture there, right? But you let him go, right? You brought in Kellen Moore. You could have hired Kellen Moore, but you didn't. Kellen Moore has NFL experience, right? Calling plays, right? But then you bring in Nick Sirianni, who is the offensive coordinator that doesn't call plays in indianapolis and he impresses you you bring him in as a head coach okay nobody can really critique it because we don't know what he's capable of but we're six weeks into the season now and you guys are running basically a penn state football offense in the nfl right nick surrounded himself with 
you know, not much veteran experience on his coaching tree. And it is really doing the Eagles a disservice. You know, um, yeah, Jalen Hurts may miss some easy throws, but his targets aren't open, right? He's got to run around for his life. And your play calling doesn't put pressure on the defense. I had to pick Miles Sanders as my fantasy football sit two weeks in a row, and I'm saying sit him for good, right? You know, because you don't run the football. Every time you run, like last week against Tampa, you guys brought that game back a little bit close. You handed the ball to Miles Sanders, he got you chunk yardage, right? You handed it to him again, he got decent yardage. He didn't see the ball again the rest of the game, right? After those two consecutive plays, he didn't get another handoff, right? And I'm just saying, maybe you don't know how to run the game, but the, the real ugly is what Howie Roseman did this offseason, who he put in charge, and it looks really bad right now. Uh, I don't know if the Eagles are going to be able to turn this season around because the players are now questioning themselves. The fans are already looking to their three draft picks, right? They just want Carson to stay up so that they can get all three of their draft picks, right? And, and that second round pick that they get from Carson too. They're looking to rebuild. And you know what, Howie? You had a Super Bowl team less than a handful of years ago, and that team was young. And now it's going in the wrong direction. So that's more bad than ugly. I will say the Ben Simmons situation is a little bit more ugly. But fans, it's been another phenomenal week on the Side to Side Sportscast. Before we break, I just want to turn it to my man, Woody, for a final thought. Put you on the spot, man. Jerry Springer, yeah. right now. No, I hear it. <laughs> no, um, I, I'd like to, you know, semi i don't want to say condolences because you know we're all still we also have a pulse but philly you know it's it's not going great and i and i don't don't look at me and say oh you know new york and you know the jets suck and all this stuff yeah we know we know right these are things you know these are things that have, but right now with your teams it's it's just it's not looking great it's not looking great. I, like when you look in the future, you know, we we there's 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 more questions than answers, and I actually don't think that's the case with the Knicks um, or even the Jets. Really, um, like we're in the beginning stages of something new uh, with both of those teams. I'm actually kind of excited for the Knicks, but um, yeah, Philly, um, in the most respectful way possible, just you know, giving my heart to you. I'm sure you know Will. Will is from there, so oh. Will is from there. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure you know his heart is with you as well. Side to side, we we we're with Philly right now. Hey, to all my Philly fans out there that know me and on the playground is where I spent most of my days. I ain't even going to try to act like I feel bad for y'all because y'all know I'm a Cowboys fan. And that's the first thing y'all would say to me is, hey, man, you ain't feel bad for us. He a Cowboys fan. You daggone right, man. <laughs> it all started when you traded Charles Barkley. You traded me to Phoenix, you know, and because you hated the Cowboys so much when I was a little boy, it made me love them. And I still love my boys. You know what? But for y'all. I actually do feel bad, man. I'm not cut from that cloth. I feel bad because the Sixers are a competitive team and, like, it just looks like it's unraveling. But you're still going to be pretty good. 
because you, you got a good coach, you got a good team. Uh, ben Simmons, we're going to see what happens to him. The Eagles, I actually don't like for the Eagles to be bad. I like when they're competitive because it makes the rivalry um, better. But I do enjoy when they're not good. So I hope you all keep Nick Sirianni for a long time. Right. Keep Nick Sirianni in charge. Right. Get rid of Jalen Hurts so he can go thrive somewhere else. Trade Miles Sanders so he can go thrive somewhere else. Hey, man, and- just end the show already, man. You, you ain't got to be just talking <laughs> crap about my teams, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> just finish. We, we understand what's happening. We're sad right now, okay? You don't have to keep throwing salt in the wounds, man, okay? Oh, man. I knew we're not talking was- crap for another couple months. Maybe, yeah, no, we're not going to talk crap. I got you, I got you man. Look. Stag, that was a Philly stand-up moment. So we're going to close the show on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. We got to run. Hit us up on the website. Hit our social media. Let us know what you thought about tonight's show. Enjoy tonight's football game. Side to side. We out. <laughs>